Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho? What is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Well, hello and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest. Dwayne England, Tommy Donlan coming to you from... Hey, hey, Summit Lake, baby. <laughs> the studio here in Summit Lake. Olympia, Washington. So glad you could join us this evening. If uh, if you want to take some time, get interactive with the show, just jump on here either via Facebook or YouTube, chat it up. You got questions, we would love to answer them to the best of our ability as we move our way on through the show. And if you're joining us on Root Sports, uh, I want to remind you to check out all our social media platforms. Uh, go to our webpage, www.fishonnw.com. There, of course, you're going to find our coupon uh, for saving money on edge rods, the best fishing rods. In the Northwest and beyond, FHN20 is your coupon code. Use it at checkout. Going to save 20% on all edge rods all the time if they're not already attached to another special or uh, uh, cost savings uh, coupon. Along with that, hey, uh, coming out very shortly here, they have announced in the release of the new Silver Widow Salmon Steelhead Rod. Tommy, I was down at Edge Rods the other day and checked this out with uh, Big Mike down there, the Silver Widow Widow Steelhead Rod. Now those are going to go. Uh, they're going to hit the market for $4.95, which is a bit of a steep price. But the introductory offer here for right now, you can pre-order as they're being built, uh, $2.95 for this rod, and it's amazing. This is an SWC STR 1044 two-piece LMX rod. It's a 10 foot four, six to 17, which is just a phenomenal build for a classic steelhead rod here in the northwest you can bobber dog with that you can vertical jig presentation bead fish and of course toss spoons to your heart content that i can't wait i already got my order in for two with kenny kenny lutz you hear me uh get my rod so um those are coming get them in spinning or casting i'm telling you guys when you put this rod in your hand down there you're going to understand why you need to have this in your steelhead arsenal so make sure you check them out go uh, check those out online and get in line, get your order in. So, um, with that, hey man, we're back in studio. You left me high and dry last week. Sorry, I had to go get a tan. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. You got a little color going on, <laughs> little little uh, trip down to Cabo and back. That's huh? right. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was very, very epic. You yes. know, it's it's always special when you can go to the striped marlin capital of the world. That's a good point. You know, and it's, it's that time of year where it's just, it's on. Yeah. It's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Those marlin are there in force. I mean, there's, you know, leading up to that trip, 
There was uh, some reports from some of my buddies of 40 to 60 marlin a day. Seriously? A day. Wow. Yep. One of my buddies down there, Mike Tumbiero, has mm -hmm. some absolutely epic drone footage. We'll have to see if we can get that get that footage and share that. It is just unreal when you realize how many marlin are in that zone. That would motivate folks to uh, come on down there. And we, we come back uh, after the Puyallup Show, in between the Portland Puyallup Show, we're going to have a good segment or so with you, kind of walking mm -hmm. through the process of how... And, you know, how do we land down there in Cabo? What's the best way to get yep. there? How do we ensure we're going to have, uh, you know, a good trip and not get uh, screwed over? So yep, we'll break it down. Yeah, that'd be yep. great. I think people would love to hear that. So, all right. Well, nice to have you back and uh, can't wait to see more of the picks. And it uh, looks like you and Ty had a great time. So, uh, with that, hey, running down the show, we got a busy show tonight, Tommy, as we typically do each and every week. Buddy Troy Black's been knocking them dead over there at Roosevelt. So, of course, we're going to talk to him because it is that time of year. Uh, it's winter, so you should probably be kokanee and triploid fishing over there at uh, Lake Roosevelt. Our buddy Troy Black's getting on here this evening to uh, get you dialed in for both trophy kokanee and, of course, triploid rainbows. Uh, we'll have them for two complete segments, so get your notepads ready. Then we'll run down uh, your list, Tommy, at the Seattle Boat Show. Seminars, topics, and times. Uh, you will not want to miss these uh, amazing seminars with phenomenal information and great presentations. So we'll make sure you have the dates and the information. Uh, bring him back, final time, guest Dan Ayers, WDFW Shellfish Manager. Tommy, he's retiring after 40 years with the agency. Uh, we will check in with him before he walks out the door for the final time. Looking forward to that. Then we also have Sportsman Show event dates and how to save 15% on all FHN swag. And of course, why you need to attend my seminar. You're not going to want to miss that one. And also, as we close out the show, we're going to have a conversation with uh, Mark Pigeon. He's the president of Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation. Tommy, if you're not aware, him and his group, along with a few others, are suing Governor Inslee because of the current structure of our uh, Fish and Wildlife Commission. Mm -hmm. Makes perfect sense. And you're going to definitely yep. want to hear what that's all about. So don't go anywhere. We're going to jump out for a quick break. We come back, our buddy Troy Black. Talking about triploids and kokanee, trophy kokanee over there at Roosevelt Lake. Right here, Fish on Northwest. Defiance Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. If you're looking for the best fishing rods in the world, you really do need to take a look at the edge rods. I designed and built new machinery, and I think this new machinery has enabled us to build blanks like no other company can build without this equipment. There is no other rods in the world that are as good as these rods. You owe it to yourself to take a good look at them. All right, welcome back here in studio to Wayne England, Tommy Donlan, and uh, one of our favorites, Tommy. I mean, the guy just, you know, gets it done. Go over there, yep. and hang out, fish with him, he just shows you everything. High production fisherman, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yep. It shows you everything you need to know. Uh, Troy Black, Blackie's Guide Service, www.blackiesfishing.com. And uh, joining us once again here, because we want to talk some kokanee and, of course, triploids. It's January, Troy. It's cold. 
You usually don't even start fishing Roosevelt until February, but this year you're already on there. What's going on? Uh, hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here again with you guys. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're st we started early this year. Uh, temperatures were right, conditions were right, and the fish are absolutely excited for us to be there. <laughs> no, that's great. So <laughs> it's this really really good. You you got this cold water fishery going on targeting these triploids where where are they are they shallow or are they deep where are you finding these fish and and i want to know why are they there yeah so the um when the water temps right now is 36.9 degrees mm. and um the fish in the winter time november ish they start to move up into the the top 20 feet of water and uh till right up on the surface um and uh they're just they're just up there feeding on the shrimp and and uh, the bugs, they're, it's been that way for 40 years. Um, and uh, so it's it's always, you can always set your clock, November 1st to January 30th, no, June 1st, excuse me, November 1st to June 1st. <laughs> November 1st Sorry. to June 1st. The fish will be up on that, up on the surface and uh, mm -hmm. you get them on planter boards, you flatline them run run your gear you know 125 to 150 feet back behind your riggers uh, you know today we caught fish on our down riggers from 150 feet back two feet down all the way down to 12 feet that's crazy um so speaking of you know let's focus on triploids uh yeah. first of all so what's your recommendation basically for first timers they're thinking about going over there. I mean, it's not like it's in everybody's backyard. You're kind of committing, you know, hooking up the boat, getting on the road, getting over the pass for us here on the west side. Yeah. You know, where where do I start? Lure, you know, wise um, as far as size, color, dodger, size, color, those types of those types of uh, uh, things that people are really, you know, curious about to make sure they're going to find some success. Sure. So the 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 lake is huge, right? It's yeah. it's it's it can be super intimidating for for people um we book a lot of trips with people over on the west side that will bring their boat over they'll fish with me for one or two days get kind of dialed in a little bit and then they fish on their own mm -hmm. um but if they're going to come do it on their own uh for the rainbows i would i would concentrate you know right up on the shore all the way out to probably 100 feet um and then you you want to speed up a little bit faster than the kokanee. Uh, the the triploids want to be in that this time of year in that one six to one nine, maybe mm -hmm. two miles an hour, mm -hmm. um, and run like muddler minnows. Um, I, I grabbed. I don't even know if this is going to work. If you guys can see those or yeah, not, I can see that. Mm -hmm. uh, no, like a perch colored muddler minnow. Tip it with a night crawler, um, and get it back there. You know, try to target that top 10 top 12 feet of water uh whether it's leaded line or 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 on your downriggers um you know if you're gonna run if you want to run squids um you know real real good squids are the the black and silver they love that squid um purple and silver whoop there it is purple silver <laughs> whoop, that there it is. Color. yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite my all-time favorite though is perch color Anytime you can, you're targeting trout, run these perch colored uh, squids. And my all time favorite Rapala, the golden orange. 
they they hit it all the time. Gold um, and then just and then just start rolling. Just start trolling. Uh, some days they like it going down lake with the current. Some days they like it against the current. Um, you'll find bays that will hold triploids. And when they're in there, you can just make laps and just beat on them. Um, most of the time, generally speaking, the triploids are pretty willing participants mm. to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a triploid, right? They're they're put on the earth to, to eat. eat. <laughs> yes. And so um, they want meat. So, um, so if I'm targeting, strictly targeting the triploids, that's what I'm running. I'm running lots of oranges, uh, not so much pinks, uh, lots and lots of perch, uh, chartreuses. I'm looking at all the gear that I, I set out for you guys. Um, the, uh, oh, <laughs> and don't be afraid if you're targeting rainbows or the, the triploids. Run your little super baits. There you go. Oh, there we go. Yep. I got another question for you, Brad. I got another question for you. So, you you know, Lake Roosevelt, you said it, it's a big lake. Um, So these trout are are in the bays. How are you picking? How would somebody that doesn't know, they're going over there for the first time, they got to pick a spot. What are they looking for in terms of the structure or which bay to pick or where to go on the lake? So there's always current in the lake. So Grand Coulee is always moving water. Right. And, um, man, it's hard to, for a guy to come over here and just not know what to do, uh, follow boats, roll the dice. Um, you can, on a calm day, a lot of times you'll see a scum line on either side of the lake that you can follow. The, the fish will be up in there with them. Um, but, you know, like uh, around Keller Ferry, lots of lots of bays there. The mouth of the Sandpoil River is always a good uh, a good choice mm-hmm. around spring Canyon, you know, Crescent Bay at the dam. Um, there's a couple like, you know, the Swalwilla basin. Uh, there's always, there's, and, and you just, like I said, you just go, I mean, today, you know, today we fished and, uh, there was no rhyme, no reason. We fished spring Canyon today and we left the boat launch. We got right out in the middle. We were, we were looking for fish and we hit fish all the way down to the dam spun around and started coming back up the middle of the lake and found fish everywhere mm. today. Right. We Beautiful. caught rainbows on the surface in 300 feet of water. Well, go figure. Perfect. Sounds like you couldn't, couldn't miss today. All right. We're going to jump out. Uh, we're going to hold you right here, Troy. We're going to okay. jump out for a quick break. A couple minutes. Uh, we come back. We're going to dive deep into for the time we have uh, these trophy kokanee mixed in with these rainbows, how to get them and what we change in fact in targeting those uh those trophy kokanee so don't go anywhere we can jump out for a quick break we'll be back right here with troy black fish on northwest allied the new leader in heavy gauge aluminum boats allied boats have standard reverse china and lifting rakes to help you plane faster and run at lower rpms allied boats have several models to choose from ranging from a 19 foot mustang all the way up to a 32 foot liberator So regardless of what type of heavy gauge aluminum boats you are looking for, Allied Boats will have it for you. Contact Allied Boats today to learn more about these incredible fishing machines. All right, welcome back here in studio to England, Tommy Donlin, guest Troy Black, Blackie's Guide Service. And we are talking triploids before the break. Troy, now we want to kind of dive into, you know, what's the significant difference here when we're targeting these trophy kokanee? Do we change up that much? Are we still using the planer boards, long setbacks, as you kind of mentioned in the first segment? 
kind of give us some insight as to what's our what's our drastic change out if we're going to target these kokanee yeah so the um the first drastic change for me is there's they're spooky fish they're up on the surface they do not like the boat so we want to get as far away as the boat as we can and still fish effectively and so um we're gonna you know we're gonna switch from going fishing a lot of night crawlers um and just straight corn out of a can for the trout mm. to um marinating your your corn uh coloring up your corn uh use maggots do you know the the typical kokanee thing um a 10 inch kokanee will you can fish it excuse me you can catch a 22 inch kokanee just like a 10 inch kokanee um you want to slow way down so like when we're fishing trout, the 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 triploids, you know, we're up in that one seven ish to two two one sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now we're we're backing up. We want to be under one five, and so um, one three one four today one four was the perfect combination for us. Mm. Um, we caught seven kokanee today. Uh, got a twenty two incher. Got an eighteen incher. Um, four three of the excuse me, four of the five that we turned loose today, uh, we're all 16s. Oh. Hmm. So, you know, three-year-old fish, they'll be next year's fish for us. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're, we're focusing a lot more on pinks. And so, you know, like the little pink, uh, the little plankton micro squids, um, or pink squids here. These are the things that we're going to be using a lot more of, uh, the pinks and silvers, I'm I'm a big promo- proponent of the the Dodger squid uh, fishing. You know, I've got you know the the silver and pinks, uh, the pink Bahama type colors. I'm trying to see if you can yeah, see those. Yeah, colors. we can yeah, see them. Yeah, 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 those colors. Um, the silver Bahama is a good one too. Uh, lots of those kinds of colors. The the Kokobo styles with the pinks and the pinks and oranges. And this is actually a super fly dodger, but mm. the uh, so those those are the colors, and we go and we're gonna go a lot slower. Um, the the willow leaf type blades on your spinners, like that there. If you can see those, it's just off my reel there. It's a bunch bunch of menagerie, but so we're gonna go slow, and um, you know they're the kokanee are a lot more fickle. They're a lot fin more finicky as you you know as you know being over here. Yeah. Um, some days you can pile the corn on a hook. Some days they want one piece of corn on a, on each mm. hook. Mm. Um, and so scent's a big deal. Um, my favorite, my favorite corn scent is Anna's Krill. I use it January through July. Mm-hmm. Um, it always seems to work whether I, I doctor it up with, you know, color it pink or leave it natural color or orange. Um, usually I'm running a pink corn or a natural looking corn. Um, I think that natural corn sometimes might look like a maggot or something, a little bug. Mm. Well, uh, and we caught, we caught fish on, on, uh, on both corns today, both color corn. Gotcha. And so, yeah. And so, so when they're, when they're up on the surface, get your gear as far away as you can, you know, we're running big planer boards. So we're running like a hundred foot setback on those those boards are, you know, they're over a hundred feet away from the boat. Uh, we're 150 feet behind the boat on our downriggers. And, uh, yeah, just, and, and then you just go cover these fish. 
The kokanee are super nomadic this time of year. You'll hit one here, you'll hit one there. There's no rhyme to reason. Uh, for us, we just get right out in the middle of the lake, try to find that current seam, and we just go. And uh, you'll hit one here, you'll hit one there. You get a double, you might want to spin around. Maybe there's a pod. Mm, uh, good point. But you just got to go hunt them and go, go, uh, just go get after it. Yeah, well, that's pretty much the A to Z's right there, Tommy. That is. That covered a lot right there. <laughs> we Broke it down. Covered all the, the color patterns, the Dodgers, the size, the lures. Give me, uh, before we get out of here real quick, Troy, uh, leader length. Uh, is there any difference on your leader length for your triploids versus your kokanee? Uh, the, co the the triploids like to chase, right? They they yeah. like it. They're they're excited. They want to go chase it. So I run a lot shorter leaders, like 13-inch leaders. Okay. Um, and I'll run a 13-inch leader on my kokanee. Uh, but in this cold water, I'll lengthen it out 15 to 20 inches. Mm -hmm. And as the water breaks, when it gets, you know, into that 42, 43, 44 range, I start lengthening that up because they get more excited to, to chase as well. Sure. Makes sense. He is yeah. uh, Troy Black, friend for a long time. Blackie's Guide Service. Look him up, www.blackiesfishing.com. If you want to get the A's disease over there at Roosevelt and get the, the, the triploids and the kokanee dialed in from now all the way in through June, July, he's the man to connect with. Troy, always a pleasure, my friend. And, uh, yes, I'll yeah. be in touch because I know you've invited me back to get on the boat several times, and I told you I'm bringing my boat back over again this year. Looking forward to uh, seeing you out there on the water. Okay, sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, buddy. Have yeah, a great thank evening. you. All righty. Yeah. Uh, wealth so of much knowledge. knowledge. So Tommy. much knowledge. You, know, you just hit start. Yeah. And just let right, him talk, right? right, like, right. We got questions we're going to ask. Oh, he answered that one. Uh, yep, yeah, he answered right. That yeah, one. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, uh, don't go anywhere. We jump out for a quick break. We come back. Tommy's going to give us a quick rundown. Show, uh, boat show, seminar schedule, title, and, of course, dates and times. Information you're going to want to use and uh, pay attention to. So jump out for a couple of minutes. We'll be back right here at Fish on Northwest. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day -day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. New days. New beginnings, new friends, new loves, new dreams, new goals, new scenery, new job. No matter what the next chapter holds, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate will be there to help you find the new that's right for your lifestyle at any stage of your life. Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Expect better. All right, welcome back here in the studio. Tommy, before we get out of here, first half of the show, you got some seminars coming up, like 5, 6, 10, what? Absolutely, yeah. Boat show, Yeah, right? let's run it down really quick. So Friday, February 3rd at 5 p.m., I'm going to be talking about finding tuna, my favorite subject. Oh, there you go. Yep. Then yeah. the next day, Saturday the 4th, 4 p.m., how are you going to go find that big halibut that big link cut, huh? So I'm going to cover a seminar on that. Um, Sunday the 5th. Got two seminars that day, 3 p.m. It's going to be all about chasing those coastal salmon, those kings that we love off yep. Nia Bay yep. and the coast. And then um, I got a new seminar. I got two new oh, seminars, right. actually. I'm, yeah, I was waiting to hear so, what these are. 5 yeah. p.m. I'm excited for this one. It's slow pitch jigging, right? Oh, new jigging method, yeah. right? 
edge rods, Acura reels, yep. tuna love it, yep. salmon love it, halibut yep. love it. I'm going to get into that. Can't wait. And then Friday the 10th, week later, 7 p.m., I'm going to follow up with, uh, it's an all-inclusive seminar. It's like if you break down the calendar, right, and you yeah, look yeah. at all the saltwater opportunities, what they are, you know, a little bit of how you do it, when you do it. When you do it. Yep. And so that's uh, going to finish it up with that, and that's a brand new seminar as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I think uh, we're going to have to produce that calendar. Yeah, people have been asking. I think so. Yeah, come out with that's that a good one. Calendar. Wouldn't yeah. that be a great idea? I mean, people yep. have been asking us to do that, so it's something we should probably jump on. Um, that sounds uh, that sounds awesome. I mean, there's a number mm -hmm. of great topics there. I'm sure it'll be packed as it always is. Mm -hmm. Um, and if folks can't make it physically, they're in the building. They can stream them online. Right, exactly. They can buy the package. Yep. Check that out at uh, seattleboatshow.com. You're going to find out the seminar schedule and package purchase and all that. Um, and uh, other than that, I'm going to I'm going to actually lean on you to put your seminar schedule on our Facebook page. All right, we'll, we'll put do a post it. up you so bet. it has all the dates so everybody can. You know, if you couldn't get it all written down right here tonight, we're going to put that schedule on our Facebook page for you. All right. Well, that is uh, that is going to be a wrap here for the first half of the show here on Root Sports. We are going to jump out for a quick break. We come back. Dan Ayers, 40 years. Impressive WDFW. career. Yep, yep. Walking out the door. He is doing that next segment after the first half of the show here, right here, Dish on Northwest. It's the Washington Sportsman Show, presented by Leupold, February 1st through 5th. Shop hundreds of exhibits with show-only pricing on fishing and hunting gear, boats, archery, wildlife art, lodges, resorts, guides, and outfitters. See Brett Stoffel's Outdoor Survival Clinic presented by Western Washington Toyota Dealers. Enter your trophy in the Head and Horns competition. And don't miss the Lumberjack Show at 1 and 3 p.m. daily. For everything outdoors, start here to get there. The 36th Washington Sportsman Show in Puyallup. All right, welcome back here to the show. Dwayne England, Tommy Dolan. And our next guest, Tommy, uh, he has been a guest on the show previously. Well, we wanted to find out the finite details relative mm -hmm. to shellfish, albeit clams or crab or whatever's going on out there in the ocean in the coastal region. Uh, Dan Ayers, uh, final countdown, my friend. 40 years with WDFW, and you're finally calling it quits. Uh, welcome back to the show. Nice to see you. Well, thanks for having me. It's, it's hard to believe that uh, we're at the end of this, but it, it's, it's here. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> congratulations to you. 40 years, that is a uh, no small feat, huh, Tommy? No, that's years. impressive. That is yeah. uh, extremely impressive. So I don't know if you can wrap this up into a quick little summary, but if you could summarize, what do you think kind of stands out as the most significant memory change, shift in management or other after 40 years working in one division with WDFW? Oh, there's been a lot of changes, you know, yeah. these marine toxin issues that we're struggling with right now and not being able to open beaches is certainly top of the list. Uh, the, you know, the, the exercise of treaty tribes uh, on razor clam beaches and their treaty rights and the requirement we had back in the 90s to really shift our management. Uh, you know, we've made a big change in the way we assess razor clam populations, and that's helped us for sure. Sure. Uh, but, you know, the, the thing I like, the, the thing I most enjoy about that fishery, I was out last night uh, with one of my crew chucking clam diggers and just being out there seeing people have a good time and uh, enjoying the, the fruit of our hard work, uh, as well as Mother Nature's hard work, which she really gets all the, all the uh, she get all the kudos, not yeah, us so much. Right. But, uh, you know, it's just so much fun to see people out on a yeah, there were there were almost a thousand people out last night on a on a Wednesday evening. It kind of wow. north wind, a little chilly, and they're taking home thirty clams or 50, 30, 15 clams a person. <laughs> right, you know, right. 
right. a lot of groups of two people and then we got our 30 you know and that right. uh feels pretty good so that kind of alludes to the next question i have for you dan with with you know you've got all these people hitting the beaches probably more people than we've ever had and yet at the same time the clam population seems to have just mm-hmm. exploded yeah and uh you know even despite demoic acid levels and and other factors um so even with the increased harvest, why is that population doing so well? Well, you know, contrary to a lot of what you hear, I mean, the ocean, at least in the near shore, has been very healthy. Mm. There's a lot of plankton available and razor clams need that. That's It's a little bit of a two-edged sword because that same healthy condition grows the harmful algae that caused demoic acid. Um, so often when we have big razor clam populations, we end up with a toxin issue because those same good nutrient-rich conditions along the shoreline uh, exist. But uh, that's that's really it. Razor clams continue to spawn well and produce large numbers of juveniles, and they just they just keep on a perking. And I've always said the most important thing we can do is, is um, allow some harvest, then get out of the way and let them do what they do best. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. you've kind of mentioned here a couple times, Dan, uh, the domoic acid. Uh, levels and the um, the constant uh, monitoring that you and your staff do to either indicate whether we can or cannot uh, participate in the clam digs. Um, you know, we always get those notices, and then there's a pending <laughs> pending if uh, you know the the acid levels are within or the toxin levels are within safe levels. So now, yeah. is this something that has been you know part of your career pretty much from when you started it seems like it's something that kind of came on somewhere around the late 80s early 90s is yeah, it something that you, no. came, you know you had to deal with more so later in your career as opposed to early on yeah i mean i started work in 1980 and in those years all we did was test once at the beginning of the season and uh, we we're looking for paralytic shellfish poison department of health would test those clams and we never had a problem and off we'd go interesting and it was 1992 when we got a call out of the blue and i remember that phone call it we need to close right away because we have an issue with demoic acid. It was the first time I'd ever heard those words. Yeah. And um, we had a big learning curve at that point. And, uh, uh, you know, thankfully, the Department of Health was at our side. A lot of big scientists at NOAA. Um, you know, we formed this collaborative we call the Olympic Region Harmful Algal Bloom Project that we work closely with UW scientists, scientists at OSU, scientists at at, uh, at University of Washington, uh, our tribal counterparts all kinds of folks to, to really try to understand better. But you, we understand it better, but we can't control it. And it's, it's, it's just uh, we can predict it better than we could before, but uh, it still comes as a bit of surprise as of a surprise when it does pop up. We often will have a little bit of a warning a couple of weeks out, but that's about the best you get. Mm, so um, it's, it's going to be, for the guys that follow my footsteps, a continuing challenge for right, sure. Right, yeah. Right. So Dan, you're also on the Dungeness Crab Advisory Board. And right. by the way, my two-year-old son had an absolute blast with winter crabbing in the <laughs> yes, Central Sound, even yes, despite wearing five layers of clothes. Uh-huh. Um, he had a great time, and as, as did I. And so are you are you continuing in that advisory role, or are you stepping down from that as well? Well, I mean, my, my big chunk of my job is, 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 as the coastal shellfish manager is the management of the Dungeness Crab Fishery. And Part of that includes being part of the Dungeness Crab Advisory Board, which is primarily made up of commercial fishers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm very proud of the fact that we manage my little group and I manage not only the state's most valuable uh, recreational shellfish fishery, but by far 
the state's most valuable commercial fishery of all. Mm. And that is our coastal Dungeness crab fishery. I mean, last year, the X vessel value to fishermen alone was $86 million. Wow. It's the largest employer on the Washington coast. It keeps little towns like Westport going. Wow. Tourism helps, you know, in the summertime, salmon fishermen, all that helps, but nothing makes it any, nothing's different. Nothing's a, a bigger impact rather than Dungeness crab. So, um, we've managed that sustainably, um, and we're proud of that. Same thing with razor clams. And so I'll take with me out the door the, the pride in knowing that I played a role in, in keeping those fisheries that are so important. And, you know, I grew up in Aberdeen, so yeah. I grew up among crab. Crab. My grandmother was a, worked in a crab processing plant. My grandfather was a commercial fisherman. We all dug razor clams, everybody, the whole kit and caboodle on a good low tide. Everybody went to the beach, and so... <laughs> It's been part of my my blood, you know, since uh, since I was a little shaver, and right. I never would have dreamed that I'd have the opportunity to do what I've done these forty years, and I'm forever grateful to um, to the taxpayers that paid my salary and uh, and the the folks that hired me and kept me on, and uh, it's, it's it's been a great run. Yeah, fantastic. So suffice it to say, our uh, crab numbers and populations, both ocean and coastal wide are doing pretty well and should uh, be pretty bountiful moving forward, even even without you around. Is that safe to yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, we don't have the issues that they're having in Alaska. Right. Um, crab. We, we got crab populations are doing just fine. Fantastic. That's good to hear. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah. So, so Dan, you are going to retire February 1st. And, yeah. I mean, your your passion for, for crabbing, clamming, shellfish, uh, it's very obvious, uh, I will <laughs> yes, say, it and, yes, it, it and, and I admire, really admire that. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm curious, though, you're retiring February 1st. What is in the retirement plan? What are you going to be doing? Are you going to be fishing? Well, there's a fishing? long list of honeydews, like everybody always says. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, there is that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Start tackling that. Um, and I live, we live very close to the Satsup River, and I, I'm looking forward to, to doing a little, little fishing as my colleagues can get that bugger open, and uh, you know how that goes. So oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll be out on the clam beach for sure. I'll be out in Westport crabbing. Uh, you know, I, my sister lives on Camino and they are avid crabbers. I'll be up there all summer. Well, not all summer. She kicked me out, but I'll be up there now and then crab fishing with them. And uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting back out, doing some hiking. I, I grew up hiking in the Olympics and mm. gee whiz, these last 40 years have been tough to find time to do that. And I, I can still move a little bit, not as much as I could 40 years ago, but I'll get out and do some more hiking and uh, just enjoy where we live and the, and the resources that we have. We're, we're so lucky and so blessed. So Oh, yeah, Amen. absolutely. Amen to that. So, well, congratulations on a, an amazing and illustrious career, Dan, 40 years. Uh, we Tommy and I tip our cap to you. You've done an amazing job managing our shellfish there, ocean and coastal, and we just can't thank you enough, and uh, I'm going to miss having you on for uh, segments, but uh, I'm pretty sure whoever is uh, filling your shoes and or who you've been mentoring is going to step in and do a phenomenal job, and we'll get on a first-name basis with them as well, so things to look forward to. So enjoy that Thanks, retirement, Jeff. and uh, again, thank you for all your hard work and your, your years of service to the community. We really appreciate you. Well, I'm, I'm honored to have had the chance to be here. I appreciate it, guys. Fantastic. Thank all you. All right, Dan Ayers. Retiring WDFW 40 years, and uh, thanks for joining us on the show tonight. We'll, we'll take care. Thanks. All right. There you go. Uh, boy, 40 years, Tommy. Phenomenal, and it sounded like he loved every minute of it, which you know, is, you know, you, you, you don't find too many people that love every minute of their job, and it really sounds like. Yeah. 
he he got he had it figured out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you can uh, continue to show up to work day in day and day out yeah. with passion, right, and just always have it there, and yeah. I got to figure, you know, if he didn't probably uh, have a wife and wasn't so dedicated to his family and was like, you know, really looking forward to doing other things, he would just keep probably keep going away. Right, yeah, he just probably right. go another ten years. No big deal to Dan. Yeah. So anyway, hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening or hearing from Dan. Always been a great guest. Enjoy his uh, his. Uh, uh, commitment to the resource and uh, what he's done for the department. Mm -hmm. Contrary to popular belief, Tommy, there are a lot of good people that work Absolutely. for WDFW, Absolutely. Yep. and we are in contact with a number of them. So, all righty, uh, we are going to jump out for a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We come back. Going to run down sportsman shows, schedules, seminars, what you need to know, what you're going to learn, and how you're going to save 15% off all our FHN swag. We'll go over all that after this short break right here at Fish and Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride in Bremerton, Washington. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why Arima boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. Arima can offer every boat with Honda outboard packages so that you can take advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. Call or stop by Arima boats today and let them help you get into your very next boat. All right, welcome back, Fish on Northwest. Looks like uh, we were able to land Mark a little earlier than anticipated. We are. So we are going to jump right to that. Um, let me grab my sheet here. No big deal. We uh, want to introduce Mark Pigeon, president at Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation. Say that, Tommy. That's a tongue twister. I'll <laughs> let you say twister. it. So uh, welcome to the show, Mark. Glad you could join us. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So, Mark, you're the president of Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation. Also, represents uh, you represent on uh, for WWC on the Hunters Heritage Council. Folks can find you at www.w4wc.org. That's almost a mouthful in itself there, Tommy. So, mm -hmm. uh, hey, Mark, we got you on tonight because you and your group are working towards uh, filing a lawsuit against our current governor, Governor Inslee. Uh, in regards to the current makeup of the commission, before we get walking down this road and have, uh, listen to what you have to say, you know, a simple Google search uh, for the mission statement of WDFW Fish and Wildlife Commission, Tommy, would reveal that the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife's stated mission is to preserve, protect, and perpetuate fish, wildlife, and ecosystem while providing sustainable fish and wildlife recreational and commercial opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, there are many in our camp who don't believe that that's exactly what is going on. And uh, Mark, you've come out publicly and announced that you intend to sue Governor Inslee for failing to maintain a balance of perspectives on the state's Fish and Wildlife Commission. So go ahead and tell us how you found yourself going down this road. Well, if you read RCW 77.04.040, it says that the commission should be balanced with all use groups um, for the first time that uh, the commercials have no representation. It also says that the governor should reach out to all use groups. I mean, anybody can say that they're a hunter. I mean, I can call myself an animal rights activist. I mean, I support animals and I support their, their, their management and the, the proper use. I support ungulates being well managed and the ecosystem being managed as a whole. I mean, but none of the animal rights groups would call me that. Right. I mean, anybody could, could call that. 
but anybody can call themselves a hunter. I mean, Lemkule calls himself a hunter, but he doesn't vote like one on the commission. <laughs> That's a good point. That's true. So, yeah, yeah. So we have five animal rights activists, and that's not what what the mandate of 77.04.04 does. And the only way that we can correct that is by having a lawsuit against the governor to create equal balance on the commission. Yeah. So, Mark, you know, I, I mean, and it's no surprise that the commission is completely unbalanced. Um, you know, we've talked about it on the show. We've seen it in the canceling of the spring bear hunt. We've seen it in the discussion around the Blues Mountain elk population. Mm -hmm. um, so so it's no surprise. But we got to ask the question, you know, what is what is Inslee's selection process? Is there a process that he's following or not following, you know, in terms of Washington code? And, you know, is he taking any input other than those special interest groups for the predators? I mean, the Hunters Heritage Council is the largest hunting rights organization in the state of Washington. Right. We are the only one with a full-time lobbyist in Olympia. We're the only one that lobbies the legislature for, the, for hunters' rights. And we've received no input, and we've had no input for these commission selection process, and neither is his Washingtonians. Mm. I mean, we are um, the unity organization. We were formed after the spring bear, um, when the bear uh, initiative passed, that you couldn't use hounds and dogs for bears, and you couldn't uh, use hounds for cougars. You know, nobody's ever approached us. And you ask the, the safari club organizations, none of the safari club organizations have been approached. None of the big hunting rights organizations have been approached for any of the commission appointees, you know, for for hunters and saying that and, and our communities have been approached for commission appointees on the hunting side. So the hunting community has never been approached for uh, for the hunting commissioners. So we, we have never been approached for that. So the selection process has been totally skewed for the for the animal rights selection in fact if you listen to the comments of one of the commissioners said he's afraid to go into the woods because of hunters that's just uh that's just blatantly ridiculous and uh basically what you're saying is that you know all our our recognized organized groups here with with and throughout the state of washington who have had uh the ear of the the governor historically in the past uh, as you work through the appointment process and and uh, following Washington State Code and um, taking input, um, and, and as Tommy Tommy kind of mentioned, you know, it's it's uh, been isolated to these to these isolated groups who are all about uh, preservation. So um, the list that we currently uh, can look at, you know, Lorna Smith, Melanie Rowland, Tim Reagan, John Limcoe, and uh, of course Barbara Baker leading the pack, so to speak. Uh, these four junior commissioners within the last couple of years here, uh, the majority within the last year, 2022, uh, they pretty much walk lock and step with Barbara Baker. And that's how they successfully upended and ended our spring bear hunt two consecutive seasons. Um, and th they're, for the most part, as they've bold enough to say in a meeting, they, they don't not even fall in the science as it relates to the Blues Mountains, the predation issues, uh, the ungulate herd impact and the dwindling numbers, you know, they have other ideas on how to get those numbers back up, which isn't anything based off of science. It's just their emotional mouths talking. 
Right. Well, and it's blatant too, right? Oh, they they want you to know that yep. they are a predator preservationist, right? That is, yeah. And when specifically asked about the objective of the Blues Mountain Elk, they said, I think it was Lorna Smith said, mm -hmm. well, why, is he, why does the objective have to be so high? Yeah, we should lower the objective. We should just lower the objective. So right? it's this type of ideology, uh, Mark, uh, good point, Tommy, that um, examples, you know, this really shows the example of the imbalance that is currently sitting at the table with our Fish and Wildlife Commission and puts our votes at a five to four continuously um, when it comes to managing our, our, uh, our ungulates and, and other, other animals. Absolutely, if you listen, and one of, probably one of the smartest people that have ever served on the commission is, is Don McIsaac. Yeah, and absolutely. in his resignation letter about spring bear, he says nowhere in the legislative mandate did it say that spring bear should be moved to, to zero? And one point that it should be referenced when you talked about the legislative mandate in 77.04.012, it said the commission's mandate is to maximize hunting and fishing opportunity. Correct. Should be to maximize right. hunting and fishing opportunity, not just to have it, but to maximize recreational hunting and fishing opportunity. And it's also there for commercials, so everybody has a shot at that pie. Not, it's, it's not to go for what these animal rights people should say. It is there to maximize the opportunity for all of us. Right, right. You know, so Mark, we, you know, the hope is to get this case um, in the courts. Do you think a judge will find probable cause for the lawsuit and actually hear the case? And, and if I, so, what does success look like? I believe that the judge will see that. I think this is so blatant. And, and the governor's been found guilty of this before in the building commission. Mm. And, and, the, and the judge, uh, judge ruled that, that, two, that two commissioners were, were placed. And I think if we could get that, even two commissioners replaced right. would, would be wildly successful for us. Well, if we can get two commissioners replaced and we're all still waiting here as it's now the third week of January, what his uh, additional two appointments, albeit there's three seats, but let's face it, everybody is in agreement that Barbara Baker will more than likely be uh, reappointed, especially to oh, the no chair question. position, right? So we got no two question. positions we're waiting for him to uh, make appointments on. And uh, as you just alluded to, if we can get two additional seats flipped and kind of lean this commission back to those that are truly about uh, managing fish and wildlife, not preserving. Uh, I think we're heading down the right road. So to kind of summarize this, Mark, uh, put it in simplest terms, uh, the governor is basically ignoring the code, the Washington State Code and the process that's been recognized for appointing persons to the seat of the commission. And the, you know, the Senate, uh, the Senate committee has not done anything to ever remove individuals once they've been appointed, let alone confirm them. They haven't actually confirmed anybody in their seat since 2017. So they're not going anywhere unless this type of action is taken. It sounds like you're going to, you know, working towards uh, taking him to task and, uh, you know, to hold him accountable. Yeah, that is, uh, that's our goal here. And, and we have, and the people that have been signing on, we have just been absolutely inundated with people that are just coming on. And that's, our goal right now is just to get more people signing on and the number of people that want on board on this has just been amazing. The number of people that have, that have been coming on board on this Great. has just been absolutely incredible. The people that, 
that are excited about this and just realize the imbalance in wildlife management and how many people wildlife management affects. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, the, the, the other good story here is that you guys are going to be available. So WWC is going to be at the Washington State Sportsman Show February 1st through the 5th. So people can come talk to you, right? They can have this conversation. Do you recall Absolutely. which, do, do you recall which building you guys are going to be in, where the booth is going to be? Right. We will be, it, it's, uh, uh, it's the building that has two levels on it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the one. More so yep. the hunting pavilion. Yep, kind of yeah. on the uh, east side there. The yep. pavilion. Yep. That's yep. the building we'll okay. be in, yes. Fantastic. All right. Great. Well, uh, Mark Pigeon, President, uh, Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation. Appreciate you taking time this evening to kind of get us up to date on what action you folks are uh, working on and the direction you plan to take. And, uh, you know, uh, if we can support you anyway, we are uh, jumping on board and we're going to try to get the message out there and and hope folks uh, recognize your efforts and support you 100%. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Have a Mark. great evening. All right, there thank you go. Mark you. Pigeon, the man who is uh, not afraid to go after our governor. No, absolutely not. I find thank it you. ironic that the group Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation is yes. slapping a lawsuit against Governor <laughs> yes. Inslee. Governor Inslee is synonymous with every speech he ever, you know, walks down and throws out there in your face. Washingtonians. He, Washingtonians, I mean, <laughs> loves that word. Matter of fact, I'm yeah. not so sure 12 years ago he didn't invent the word. Yeah, I mean, right, right. I've never heard a governor of our state use Washingtonian <laughs> so much as Inslee. Now he's got a group that starts with that word. That's, that's actually, going after him. going after him. Yep, it's like, about that time. Is, that's poetic justice. It is, it is. is. All right, uh, good info from him. You guys can look them up for sure. And... Uh, Support the cause, triple W dot W number four WC dot org. And uh, take some time if you're going to be at the Sportsman Show. Uh, look those guys up in their booth and uh, talk to them and see, uh, see what it's going to take to actually file this lawsuit. Okay, Tommy, we're going to jump out for a quick break. When we come back, we're actually going to walk down the Sportsman Show schedules, dates, times, seminar schedule. How are you going to save 15% on all our swag? All that in a little bit more before we get out of here, right here at Fish on Northwest. All Defiance boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why all boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. All Defiance boats come standard with large fish boxes that are fully insulated so that you can ice your fish properly all day. All Defiance boats are foam flotation filled and unsinkable for the ultimate in safety while fishing offshore. Before you buy any boat, stop by or call Defiance boats today to ensure you are getting the very best glass boat your money can buy. All right, welcome back here in the studio as we are winding down the show. Tommy, you kind of mentioned the uh, boat show. What are the dates on the boat show again? Mm -hmm. uh, so my the dates on the boat show are the uh, 3rd through the 11th. 3rd through the 11th. And I've got seminars the 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 10th. Yes, you do. Okay. There we go. Uh, Sportsman show, February 1st, Wednesday, opening day, February 1st through the 5th, Sunday afternoon. Um, typically Monday, or excuse me, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is noon till eight. Mm -hmm. Saturday is 10 till eight. That is a grinder. Mm -hmm. uh, Sunday is uh, 10 to s uh, four or six, something like that. Anyway, uh, my seminar will be 4 p.m. on Saturday. Why should you attend? Well, <laughs> yeah, I can tell you why. Um, you know, as we roll into the spring and we're fishing uh, for kokanee and whether you're going after triploids over on the right. east side or even these uh, larger kokanee over there on the east side. You know, and then fish are suspended up uh, much shallower in this cooler water this time of year. And so as the water begins to warm, they go deeper. So I'm going to cover the gamut. You know, um, 
the last several years as, as I have kind of built my side planner program mm -hmm. to the level it is now and, and realize the benefits to doing that, well, it's just not like flipping a switch to get there. There's a progression. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to walk folks through that progression, but I'm also going to show you how, you know, oftentimes I get questions like, man, I can't afford downriggers. How can I get down to the kokanee? Well, early season, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to show you. Uh, whether you're flatlining with Dodgers and if you put a little bend on your Dodgers and truly, you know, depending on your setbacks, how deep your gear is actually getting early season, what it means to add a little weight up to an ounce or so mm -hmm. on your gear to get it down a little deeper, how to make a poor man's downrigger out of old fishing rods and reels with line counters works fantastic with a couple, pound, uh, you know, a couple pounds of lead. Sure. You yeah. can actually get down to pretty good depths. Going to show you how to just make that stuff out of uh, leftover and old fishing gear that you have probably lying around. Um, but we'll walk through the paces too. You know, some some real small mountable hand crank downriggers for kokanee and trout fishing are not that expensive. Mm -hmm. And multiple manufacturers make them. And then there's also the, you know, the online sales uh, places you can find, which everybody does. You check out all the different uh, apps to go and look and there's always downriggers for sales. So it really is more economical to set up for this stuff than you would actually even imagine. But I'm gonna walk you through how to get started. You know, one of our more popular videos, how-tos we've done at the Bay Lab was uh, successful kokanee fishing on a yeah, budget, right? right. People right. are just downloading now and going crazy on it. It's like, how can you find success with minimal dollars? So, yeah. Well, and I just gotta say, yeah. like, I think this presentation's cool because, you, you know, I think people think kokanee, and, and there's definitely a, a mental barrier to entry for kokanee fishing. Right. You know, people feel like triploids, you know, like, yeah, I've caught, I can catch mm -hmm. one and I can catch a couple, right? Mm -hmm. um, but kokanee, you know, it's, it's, it's the complexities turned up a little bit more. Sure. So, Good but point. I think the nice thing about your seminar is you're not just covering kokanee, mm -hmm. you're going to cover triploids too. Yeah. And I got to say, I mean, I've gotten into them on the east side too. Um, you know, with Junior, right. and and, it, and once you find them, it, it is a blast. <laughs> so it's cool that you're giving people both sets of, of yes. tackle boxes to get the job done. Well, not only that, I mean, the bounty you take home. Oh, it's, Don't yeah. underestimate yeah. those east side triploids, or even some of these lakes on this west side where they are putting more effort to plant these triploids. I mean, we yeah. caught some out here in the backyard this last year, you know, good solid four pounds. Yep. Cut as red as a kokanee. Yeah. Phenomenal. Full of fat. Lots of marbling. I mean, they're great. So um, we are going to walk through that. I get a 45-minute presentation or so plus uh, time for question and answer. But I'm going to walk you through that progression. And then how I started out with my planer boards, how I uh, decided I didn't like putting planer boards on a single fishing rod and that, you know, right. what... How I got I to start, watch that progression you yeah. know, live. How do I start yep. morphing that thing? How do we start running smaller boards? And how did I build bigger boards? And now the system that I use, and it's just so uh, rewarding. Yeah. And once you, and you know what it does? It kind of, it kind of builds your confidence and it actually, uh, you learn to become a more proficient and effective fisherman mm -hmm. because you're out there in different weather and water conditions, running planter boards and up to seven rods. Yep. And if you're having success and not fighting tangles all day long, you're getting Yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah, and you yeah, went though. through multiple design iterations yes. to perfect yep. and optimize yep. your system. Yep. So And now it is uh now it is definitely And now you're just going to package it up and you're just going to give it out for it's free. Like, Here you go. Yeah. All you got to do is sit there <laughs> and take notes and ask questions and enjoy and then swing by the booth because if you sit through the presentation we're going to give you a coupon for 15% off. And when you swing by the booth to see Shing, 
Uh, everything in the booth, 15% off for anybody that uh, sits and takes the time to come and check out the seminar and uh, get engaged and ask the questions and be involved. And, you know, it's all about learning and it's all about passing on knowledge and it's all about, hey, this is what's been working for us. We want to share it with you guys. We're not just throwing a bunch of fluff out there. It's yeah. like, this stuff actually works. Much yeah. like your seminars, you're yeah. teaching what it is you do. I, I, I mean, I just, this is probably my favorite part of what we do on the show is sharing the information. Yeah. And then, and then having somebody come back and say, hey, I used what you showed me and it worked. And I just want to thank you. I mean, to me, that, mean, that means a lot, right? And that's why, that's why we do what we do. Yeah, 100%, yeah. man. There's a lot of satisfaction in that. And oh, by the way, uh, did I mention, check out that new hat you're wearing. Oh, that's right. Uh, or perhaps this one, but yeah. uh, Shing's just been busting her back. <laughs> she has. Oh yes, my she gosh, has. Yes, our house has. looks like a store. <laughs> um, so much new swag and attire, hat designs. This is all embroidered hats with our logo. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, high quality for sure. Yeah. Uh, you can see the eye on these. Videos, yeah. right? It is just yeah. amazing. High quality gear. Uh, really great prices. Sherry's going to do a bang up job. So if nothing else, you got five days, come see us at the booth, come talk fishing, grab a cup of coffee and, uh, you know, enjoy taking home some of our swag and wear it proudly. We appreciate your support. Helps us keep going here. And, uh, Tommy and I and Jordan trying to do it, what it is we do each and every week. So, um, Portland show will be the 15th through the 19th. If you've never been to the Northwest sportsman show, you need to get down there. It's huge and it's great. Need a day or two spend some time, walk through all the buildings. It's a big event. We're excited to be back down there as well. Uh, I'm still waiting to get from Trey when my seminar date down there is, but I'll be basically putting on the same show and uh, hope to pack the room as well. So uh, there we have it. No live show next week. Come see us down at the Sportsman Show. Probably do some live streams from the booth, more than likely multiple times, especially we'll check in on Thursday. And mm -hmm. uh, buddy Matt Messing is going to be down there working with me, so we may stream my seminar we'll see uh at least if nothing else we will record it and i will put it up later so very awesome that going for us. so yeah and i'm going to be at the boat show while you're at the sportsman show true so the fourth and fifth that you're at the seattle boat show um stop by the ray marine booth yes. i will be there yeah yeah i would love to be there except i have to be in puyallup but after yeah. puyallup i'm coming up to uh and we got some we get there's some new ray marine products hitting the market i want to come check them out I can't wait to there, see those. Uh, come up there and see certic and see what's going on yeah so fantastic all right guys uh, appreciate you tuning in this evening hope you enjoyed it uh, great guests want to thank uh, troy black as always dan Ayers. uh congrats once again and uh, mark pigeon uh get after that lawsuit and let us know how we can help support uh, such a great cause. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in effect. All right. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Get out there and get something done and uh, roll into next week. We'll see you down at Puyallup. Looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see you soon. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, and finally, Go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. 
Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.